Off the ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. Now you're uh, welcome back. So 33 days after the FA Cup final defeat, Manchester United players are certainly a quotient of them are turning up at Carrington on Thursday to begin training for the new season. Mason Mount will be their new teammate. Very happy to say Andy Mitten, editor of United We Stand, is with us. Andy, you're very welcome. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. Uh, Just to mention, by the way, you are at the Sugar Club on Saturday the 5th of August. That's the night before Manchester United versus Athletic Bilbao at the Aviva Stadium. You'll be joined by John Paul O'Neill of the Red Issue talking all things Manchester United for Dublin United fans. Yeah, well, I just got back off the pre-season tour and uh, the trip to Norway as well next week. So there's a lot, a lot been going on, and I'm sure a lot of things are going to happen in the in the next couple of weeks. So we did a night in Dublin a few years ago; it went down well. So I thought with Manchester United playing now, it would be a good idea to do it. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll have a good night and a few drinks. Okay, great. Well, enjoy. Fifth of uh, August, that Saturday. So, Mason Mount, this has been bubbling away for some time. I did see there was interest from Liverpool, but Mount was pretty focused on Old Trafford, 24 years of age. There have been times where Mount had seemed like automatic starter for Chelsea. And I know Chelsea Mm -hmm. has uh, been a curious club over the last 18 months, but uh, are you touch surprised? Chelsea have been pretty happy to sell, hand over Mason Mount to a a fellow top six club? I think they had to. because they had too many players. Mason Mount wanted to join Manchester United. Liverpool were interested, as I understand it, from from very good sources. Arsenal were also interested. But from very early meetings with Manchester United and and with Eric Ten Hag, he was adamant that he wanted to come to Old Trafford. Clearly, he's well paid. He'll get a pay rise. Right at the start, I think he wanted to stay at Chelsea. But I don't think that Chelsea... Um, were prepared to meet his demands. And those demands were for parity with some of the other first-team players. Because he'd come through the youth system, he was paid a lot less than the other players. And that often happens at clubs. And last season wasn't a good one for him or for many Chelsea players. So Manchester United were understood that he wanted to, to come, but were also cautious because a year ago, slightly similar circumstances with Christian Pulisic, Manchester United were interested in buying him. The player was interested in coming. But Chelsea were like, no chance. We're not selling to a main rival. And he's got two years left left on his contract. With Mount, there was only a year left. They've brought, I think, 782 players in the last year. So they, they had to get rid of some of the players, Chelsea. And if you've got a player pushing to go, as he was, then it was a difficult bargaining position for, for Chelsea. So... This has been bubbling under for a couple of months. I spoke to someone at the FA Cup final who said the issue here is Chelsea. I spoke to people again last week who said Manchester United held firm on the 55 million line with 5 million potential add-ons. But those add-ons will only be realised if Manchester United are a great team winning Champions Leagues again. So I think it's been it's been greeted by most Manchester United fans and a lot of Chelsea fans are disappointed. He was one of their own. Been there since he was six. He won the Champions League, the World Club Championship with them. And up until last season was playing 53, 54 games per season. And that impressed Eric Ten Hag. But Mm. 
I was told that Eric Tenog really, really pushed for him. There were other admirers at Manchester United, like Darren Fletcher, uh, but but Ten Hag was the one who pushed for him. Okay, uh, where does he fit into a Manchester United eleven? Good question, hard question. He can play in seven different positions, but I've spoke to people who watch him and, and know him a lot better than I do who say he's much better centrally. He's not fast enough to play as a, as a wide man. He's not got the feet to go past defenders. Mm. It was put to me that Ten Hag wants more energy uh, in the middle, so I wouldn't be surprised if he played in a deeper role, actually, alongside Casemiro. Bruno Fernandes is pretty much first choice for Manchester United. That has been Mount's best position. I saw Mount play in that role at Old Trafford for Derby County four years ago. It was excellent. I saw him play there in the Bernabeu when Chelsea beat Real Madrid and he put them ahead. So it's a nice problem for Eric Ten Hag uh, to have. I know he wanted different tactical combinations and he explained that to the player. And, and, he, and he was up for that. So I, I think that the signing has been, has been greeted, but he's not a number nine. And that is Manchester United's priority and... Eric Ten Hag knows that, but I think the club felt it was a deal they could get done relatively early, calm the transfer junkies down a little bit <laughs> and move on and, and get um, a goalkeeper and, and a striker. Yeah, well, come to both in a second. On your point there that Bruno Fernandes is very much first choice in, I suppose, what would appear to be Mason Mount's best position. I was uh, putting two and two together and getting five, I'm sure, but I did. I have wondered from afar... When you think of Bruno Fernandes against Liverpool and that very public, almost downing of tools, and at that time there was a sense or a question mark posed as to whether Ten Hag may have just decided one way or another this isn't going to work out long term. That kind of attitude is not something I want around. And hence we see Mount signing and and does that make it easier to uh, position Bruno closer to the exit door? That's not your sense of the situation regarding Bruno Fernandes. No, I've never been given a hint that Manchester United are looking to move Bruno Fernandes on or that there are doubts over his future. Several other players, yes, Manchester United will not push certain players out, but will listen to offers for them. Bruno Fernandes is absolutely not okay. one of them. He play, he's playing all the time. Yeah. He's a very important player. Fans don't always love his histrionics, especially that day at Anfield, which was an awful day for, for everyone associated with Manchester United with, forget how many Liverpool scored that day. But no, he's a very important player for Manchester United. You mentioned goalkeeper situations. So David De Gea, uh, one of these increasingly uh, divisive figures. I mean, uh, you mentioned to Roy Keane, he only has to roll his eyes and a crowd will laugh and know exactly what he's getting at. And then others will say, hang on, he still puts in these remarkable performances and one or two mistakes shouldn't completely uh, admonish the former. So it seems, and you can fill us in in the details, I, I would think what most people understand is that United had an option to extend De Gea's contract on the same yeah. terms until uh, 2024 that he was on. He's obviously on a very big wage and has been for some time. They pushed him to take a pay cut. Uh, last week, then it was reported De Gea had signed or was willing to sign a contract for Manchester United, presumably on lesser money. And then United have backed out and offered even a lower salary again. And now it looks like, well, he's certainly moving towards the exit doors. Is that how this thing has unfolded? It's a bit messy. No, no, not quite, no. Okay. United, United didn't trigger the one year on that huge contract. So that meant his contract would have been out uh, uh, as of two or three days ago. I see. 
Manchester United then offered David De Gea an, a new contract on much less than what he was on, but still, still a substantial one. And I remember being at Spurs away in April and speaking to someone who, who I trust, and they were firmly under the impression that David De Gea was was signed. Was he hadn't signed the contract, but there'd been a verbal agreement. David De Gea had pushed back a little bit on a couple of issues such as the length of the contract and a couple of performance related, but it wasn't seen as something that wasn't going to get done. David De Gea didn't sign that contract. He just didn't. So between Spurs and the end of the season, David De Gea didn't finish the season strongly. Um, There was the game at at Seville in April. Yeah. The West Ham away. There was the FA Cup final. So if you're looking at his stock as a player, it dropped. And fans could see that and had the type of debates that you're talking about. Well, so could Eric Ten Hag. So suddenly you're not sat on the bench thinking, we've got to get him signed. This is a must-have. There there are doubts there and well-founded doubts. As a professional, I hear very little negative about him. Uh, I I, I hear lots of good things about him, his experience, etc. But I also know that if Eric Tanag was given a blank sheet and asked to sign a Manchester United team, David De Gea would not be would not be his goalkeeper. So as we stand at the moment, he's no longer United's goalkeeper. He's not under contract. The club are still talking to him. There's not a contract offer for him, but Manchester United are trying to sign another goalkeeper. Haven't done that yet. Uh, it may not happen from from Inter. Um, it may happen. There's Dean Henderson. He may come back as number one. Mm. Unlikely to come back as number two. David De Gea may come back as number two. That's also unlikely. So it's all a bit fluid at the moment. It's not been sorted out. And and I get fans going, this is a disgrace. This is the thing I can moan about today because there's something else to moan about yesterday. But if you look back at the history of departures from Manchester United, and I've spoke to pretty much every player in the last five or six decades from that club, a real minority of them left on good terms. Sure. Doesn't happen. The, or the biggest names, the, the your Brian Robsons and your Ryan Giggses, didn't have a happy ending. And it sometimes took them a week to get over it, or in the case of David Beckham, three years. I remember going to see Ruud van Nistelrooy in Madrid, 2008. So what's that, three years after he's gone, two years after he's gone? And he basically admitted the last six months have been a disaster. Mm. And he was partly to blame for that. Now, David's not had a disastrous six months. You'll find people who who defend him. And he did win the Golden Glove last year. He has been a good servant for Manchester United. But he's also been paid to be one as well. He's been the best paid goalkeeper in the world for the last four years. Has he been the best goalkeeper in the world? Probably not. Yeah, it's a, an interesting case because the mistakes, you mentioned them, they're very memorable. And yet the uh, many games where he might have made two or three good saves, not made a mistake, which brought him to the Golden Gloves Award, they're that touch more forgettable. I guess the other thing which jumps, which jumps out about De Gea, right from, oh, even that Brentford game where he passed the ball out to Ericsson and probably shouldn't have has been this sense that the position has changed so acutely across his career. He's been at United since 2011 and it's interesting, United are linked to Andre Onana, 27 years of age at Inter and 
of course, one of the first things you see written is great with the ball at his feet. And mm. you've never felt that with De Gea, ball at his feet. You've never thought this is a guy in the same echelon as an Ederson. And you do feel Ten Hag has felt that that's a pretty important starter in his book. It is, and he knows Onana. Ironically, when Manchester United first signed him, when Eric Steele spotted De Gea as a 17-year-old, it was because they felt he was good with his feet. Okay. So it's funny It's funny how things change, isn't it? And he, he isn't an Edison now, as you say. I, I've spoke to people who are working with him every day, and, and they actually say he has improved this year yeah. in terms of his distribution. He's continued to learn. His 32 years is not an issue. The one criticism I've heard of De Gea consistently, amid the many positives, you know, if I'm giving him a report, he's getting sevens and eights and nines, player of the year several times, four yeah. times, I think. Yeah. Was, was that um, unless he's really, really pushed, he's not at his absolute best. And when he'd signed that latest big contract a few years ago eased off a bit mm. that was that was put to me and all United fans used to say Sergio Romero best number two yep that's true but inside the club they knew that Sergio Romero could not play every week his body his body wouldn't have it and David De Gea knew that as well okay. so he knew that he was undisputed yeah. and did it look sure and relax a little bit probably mm. yeah Kind of curious to see how he's remembered De Gea. He will probably be fairly synonymous with a very poor period in United's history where he was often their best player because he was called upon to be. So it's, <laughs> is that, that, that curious uh, dichotomy there? I think he'll be well remembered. I think fans tend to look back and remember better than, than at the time. Mm. Now, I, I've seen fans legend get him a statue and i think oh, wait a minute i saw you absolutely slaughtering that person for six months i remember the end of wayne rooney the last six months it was pretty awful there were times when ryan giggs got incredible stick from his own fans De Gea's worst moment was was his first six months yeah and had an amazing game then february 12 at chelsea and he never looked back from there and he did win a league title and the Spanish contingent or the Spanish-speaking contingent was a big one in Manchester United's dressing room. But I think history will remember him as a good goalkeeper. Yeah. I think people remember mistakes. Well, it's the same with every goalkeeper. That's just a hazard of, of that position. But four-time player of the year, you're going to be remembered well. I know. It's a ridiculous And he might stay. Might he might stay. stay. If, you... if he's number one the first game of the season, I would not have a massive issue with that. Right, okay. So you mentioned the number nine position in what was definitely the longest season of all time. It's weird to just say last season Ronaldo arrived. Uh, yeah. That is just uh, hard to get your head around. So where are they then on the number nine position? Um, once it came, Kane's very difficult. Looking at plan B, plan C, plan D. There's money there, but there's not 100 million there. And Kane, so, Kane's not going for less than 100, no? Well, Tottenham are not the type of club who let Kane go sure but uh, not a lot I they, mean they have to sell him it's, I mean you would think they have to sell him this year what's the point in hanging on to him for a year and he's going to go anyway for free I suspect the stuff coming out of Bayern Munich was to try and nudge Tottenham a little bit yeah if you, and if you said to Harry Kane now would you like to join Manchester United he would say yes but 
Tottenham is the issue and getting a player out of Tottenham. Long gone are the days where Berbatov, Carrick, etc. Yeah. Could could be gone. Partly because Manchester United are not as good as they were, don't have that financial advantage. And, and Tottenham are much improved. I know Tottenham fans whinge and whinge and whinge, but they are top four regulars apart from this season. Stadium, you know, they've they're, they're a much better club than they were and financially they're powerful as well. But United need a nine. Absolutely essential that Manchester United get a nine. So then you start looking at cheaper, younger options. With Kane, Tenag is the man. But there's others there who, who are more doubtful of Kane mm. because of his age, because of his positioning. And they're looking at others. Um, and that might run a little bit. I, I, I put it, I spoke to one agent yesterday who I trust and... I said, what about this player? They'd never sell him. And he said, no, nah, they would do. Just give him a month or two to soften him up. Um, feel free to keep this answer, answer short and sweet because there are legalities here for sure. Yeah, you occasionally see a piece on Mason Greenwood. There were links with him going to Italy. Uh, I, the latest pieces I read talk about his future being unclear at Manchester United as they continue an internal probe on that situation is he likely to play for Manchester United again is it all very hard to decipher what's going on it's hard to decipher I think within the club you've got people more on the football side who would say play him again he hasn't actually been convicted of anything etc and there are other people within the club who, who heard that tape and were horrified by it and would be worried about the the, the damage that could come so do you look at a, a softer way out putting him out on loan um, it's 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 a tricky one and has been right from from the start with Mason Greenwood. I don't know the answer to it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, I would say, considering the importance of the saga, the takeover of this rather enormous football club is maybe the most boring saga of yeah. all time. And it started with such a flourish. You know, get your bids in by Friday and stage two is this Thursday. My goodness. Uh, and now here we are and it's, <laughs> it's July and it is truly uh, dragging on. So uh, are we saying that the Glazers will most likely be the owners of Manchester United next season? You're right. Stage two, stage five, stage 326, getting <laughs> your bids in. It's become so boring. It's yeah. nearly eight months now. Um, I still think they will they will sell. Okay. But but I see so much misreporting, especially on social media. Um, it's every single day there's like, this is going to be the day. And a couple of times my editors have asked me to track down the source of the stories. I'm like, you're just getting a dead end because it's not true. There's people putting stuff out there and Twitter especially, their algorithms boost it. It's really dangerous for democracy because lies are being perpetuated every single day. And because a sizable number of Manchester United fans want A bid or B bid to succeed, or all of them want the Glazers to go, it generates and it gets retweeted. And it, it's horrible mm. seeing this happen. All fans want the Glazers gone. That is clear. And you've got two bids. I've spoken to both bidding parts, and they both got people working for, for them in, in London on a PR perspective. They've both signed NDA, so they can't speak publicly, and they're none the wiser. Okay. As far as I understand, they, you know, their last bids went in three or four weeks ago, and they've, they've heard nothing more. Yet if I look on Twitter, it's tomorrow's the day. Mm. And, and I see some people who should know better as well. You know, I'm hearing this. It's, it's happening. 
and, and, and misleading supporters. So I suspect it will be sold because Manchester United need capital, stadium, team, debts. Don't think the owners are that bothered about being unpopular, are that bothered about the protests. The worry, I think, for a lot of fans is they take on even more debt, bring in private equity. But we don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, just the last one you mentioned several players uh, available if other clubs wanted to buy them is Harry Maguire staying going it, it felt like that had really run its course for such a big signing uh, everybody was in agreement what's his situation Andy he wants to play football he also earns a lot of money Okay. he wouldn't get that sort of money elsewhere so if Man United got a good offer for him would they sell him yeah probably they're not going to push him out though Okay, and I think I think he held himself well last season. I spoke to him on a pretty regular basis last season, and you know, even off the record, he was he was pretty respectful of his position, but frustrated. And has clearly. he? Has he um, I'm thinking akin to almost uh, Phil Jones, mm. who like became a joke figure. I, I feel fairly or otherwise, Harry Maguire just has become a joke figure amongst football fans generally. Has he been damaged psychologically about that? Is he aware of that? Has he spoken about that? Or is he cards close to his chest on that front? I spoke to him for two hours in October and he was all right. Okay. He doesn't like it. He's human. You know, he's seeing the, these people slaughtering him and he's become this parody figure yeah. among a section of the online fans. But at matches, you know, the, he, 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 he receives support. There was a couple of people booing in, in Melbourne pre-season, but in regular matches, he's, he's not a ridiculed figure. He's not actually played that badly when he's played. You know, He just hasn't. I've mm. watched him really closely, mm. but he hasn't played enough. Mm. And I'm not going to say that he's, he's Rafael Varane either. Um, you know, it's a, it was a bad season for him. Seeing Luke Shaw playing centrally, then yeah. being Lindelof starting ahead of him and, and doing well. I don't think he could have another season like that, but f- football can change quickly. It really can. It sure can. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you, Andy. You too. Cheers. Andy Mitten there, editor of United We Stand, who, as we mentioned, is at the Sugar Club on the uh, 5th of August, the night before the uh, Bilbao Friendly. Football's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time, Big Joe's greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now.